0: Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world, and we can help. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anya McGlynn. Good morning, everybody. So... You know, we love to talk about corporate giving because it literally comes up in every single conversation with mm-hmm. every single organization I've ever come across. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, we know that uh, that corporations amass huge amounts of wealth and we're in the business of moving wealth from people who have lots of it to into the charitable sector. So it's a natural conversation.
0: Absolutely. And it's also one, though, that a lot of organizations have very significantly misconceptions around what how corporate giving works, and how they as small organizations can tap into those opportunities.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's a number of different streams of revenue that you can think about when you're approaching corporate or potential corporate partners. Um, so I think, you know, one of the the first steps is to be is uh, to get clear on which of those revenue streams you're hoping to tap into, whether it's a corporate philanthropy or corporate sponsorship point of sale campaigns, um, and any or employee giving, there's any any number of ways that you could think about partnering with a a corporation.
0: Yeah, and 100% of the time, none of them involve going in and cold pitching a company. 100%. (laughs) I think that's the biggest misconception we see with organizations big and small, who don't have a lot of experience in corporate giving is just that they think, okay, let's have a beautiful deck. You know, they actually like will hire people to To create these beautiful decks uh, and go in and pitch, and when you go in and pitch, it's a yes or a no, and chances are it's going to be a no if you can even get in and pitch.
1: Honestly, if you if you're getting in and sitting in front of somebody to pitch, like you know you're doing well. It's it's. What I see more of is, um, oh, they have an online form. We'll fill that out, Mm -hmm. and um, and that'll get us somewhere. Which um, nine times out of ten, it doesn't. But even like that point around, I like just to come back a little bit. The point around understanding what it is you're asking, and you know from which revenue stream and which sort of giving uh, profile you're you're trying to tap into. Like that is the key piece, to understanding what you need to put in front of um, that, uh, that corporate representative, you know, if you're pitching the philanthropic arm of, of that uh, company, then going in with your marketing data isn't really going to do anything not helpful at uh, all. Exactly. Yeah. And likewise, if you're speaking to someone who has a sponsorship budget about, you know, all of the good that you do, it's quite frankly, not what that marketing person wants to hear. So you have to get
0: clear as to who you're asking for what 100%. And I think what what I love about this conversation with our friend Heather Nelson, who is the founder and principal of Bridge Raise, uh, is she talks about what it takes to be open for business to corporate giving. And the first point she makes is understanding what kind of corporate ask you want to make um, and knowing and focusing, not trying to do everything, right? There's this huge idea that companies have money, therefore we should try to access it and co- which is not wrong it's not like, wrong I, you know what
1: i mean like it's it's not but it's wrong not it's not easy fair. no it's not easy it's not
0: easy it's not as easy as they have it therefore they should give it to us uh, and that's true of all kinds of philanthropy and giving and so how do we say okay yes there is lots of money there we would like access to it how do we understand what those companies are looking for so that we can be uh, the recipient of those funds.
1: That's right. That's that's the way we have to think about it until there's a great revolution and a <laughs> and a significant redistribution of wealth. <laughs> Sorry, so, <laughs> Marxist socialist hat on this Monday morning.
0: So until that time comes, <laughs> uh, Heather is a great resource. Uh, I love the way she's framed this as open for business, which is basically these are the things that you should have in place before you start thinking about. Actively uh, building those corporate relationships and asking for corporate support. Uh, So, you know, there's three things. They sound simple, but they are a lot harder than they sound. And I've experienced that. Anya's experienced that Mm -hmm. in working with organizations. Certainly, Heather has. You know, she gets asked a lot. Her specialty is corporate, and uh, she sees a lot of organizations sort of jump ahead of these three steps. And that is not going to serve you. So take your time, do these three things. And then you can start to be more successful in your corporate asking. It is a pleasure to welcome back Heather Nelson. If you haven't listened to our previous podcast Podcast with her, please do so. Uh, she is our go to corporate guru. Um, she spent years working in house in organizations doing corporate giving for smaller and mid sized organizations and now runs Bridge Raise, uh, where she focuses on helping organizations do corporate fundraising. Um, and she's very wise, very experienced, and really understands the realities of small and mid-sized organizations. So please join us in welcoming Heather back to the podcast. Hey, Heather, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Cindy, great to be back. I'm always excited to have you on because I think you always present such great content that is really relevant to our listeners. So today we're going to deep dive a little bit more into some of the stuff we started talking about in our past conversation, which we'll link in the show notes. But we're going to be talking about how to ready your organization for corporate giving. Tell me a little bit about why this has come up for you so often with the clients you work with.
2: Sure. Well, I'm, I'm so pleased to be back and sharing content and ideas and information with your audience. And, you know, we talk, reg- I talk regularly with small nonprofits about corporate fundraising and consistently hear, you know, that they really want corporate revenue as part of their fundraising mix. And often it's a very, like once a year kind of conversation, maybe associated with an event, or at a certain, like, it's almost a last minute, okay, now it's time, let's go get corporate, we've got a few weeks, Uh, let's make this happen. And that's a really consistent theme. And, you know, I think, no surprise, as the corporate person, you know, my advice is, that you need to have a really different approach that's much more consistent over the course of the year, as opposed to this, okay, you know, here's our six weeks to get corporate money uh, right before an event. And um, then we're, you know, trying to do all kinds of things that that, that just aren't set up.
0: Yeah, And oh, I mean, that's so true of my experience with organizations as well as this really, siloed sense of like okay this is what we're doing right now but also not understanding not just that it's it needs consistency year-round which we will talk about but also like what goes into it you know what are the like it's not just that you have a good event because there are a million good events in Mm -hmm. the city Mm -hmm. uh, or, or any you know across the country but you know what are companies looking for when they're looking to partner with organizations, and um, so I'd love to to dive right in. and And I think what I love about this is you're really focusing people on a few key things, almost like the shortest path, right? Like there's lots of ways, and if you have a f- corporate staff person, there's going to be more to this list, maybe, mm-hmm. but if you're Smaller, midsize, and you don't have a lot of resources, you've sort of cut out, you know, you've, you trim things down for us in a way that I think is doable and efficient. So let's talk about what it means to be open for business. Perfect. Okay. So when
2: I say you need to be open for business, I am trying to move you away from uh, this last minute approach to a more year round approach. And part of that does start with sort of saying, what is it that we are offering to companies? And and building the system and the communications and the messaging around that one thing. So mm-hmm. instead of doing grants and events and, you know, a bunch of other random things to try to get com- corporate money, it is saying, okay, what's our best corporate offering? And that's thinking about them more than you. So what, mm-hmm. you know, if it is an event that you you understand the audience and you have a a really great opportunity for them there, or if it's a program initiative that really aligns well with some community investment priorities, I mean, pick one.
0: We talk about it all the time. And I know like you, me, and a couple of our fundraising friends, we often will talk about this just with our own work and with the work of the organizations we're involved with, which is, you know, we're so much more effective when we can focus on one thing and do that really well before trying to add. I'm, I know we struggle with this ourselves sometimes, but I think that that's so relevant because you're not like, we just don't have the time and resources to do all the things, right? No,
2: you really don't. And, and when you're talking about corporate, the reality is it's it the different types of corporate money that you can get Require entirely different things. It's, it, it, so it is making a choice and then getting those things in place that makes sense for that. So for example, if you have picked an event, yeah. uh, which is a great choice, especially for small organizations, that might be the easiest thing to start with. Mm-hmm. Then you need to say, okay, what is the, what are the messages that that fit with that event and the corporate audience? Get those written down. What are the benefits I have to offer? You know, get those written down, you know, get that internal stuff set up Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um, before you get going. And that really is one of the steps of being open. What kinds of companies are you willing to have support you? Be clear on that before you get out there talking to people, right? Are, is it all the companies or are you an organization who really wants to be very clear that the companies you're going to talk to align on a certain values matrix? Yeah. If so, define
0: it. Yeah, that came up with one of our students actually just last week is um, they enrolled in our course. And one of the first questions was, you know, I'm so conflicted when I'm raising money for my organization, because a lot of companies don't aren't aligned with our values and our mission. And I said, so decide that, but that's like a that becomes a policy. Um, and it's almost sounding like this is a bit of an inventory, right? Like you're taking stock of, okay, here are the opportunities that we're focused in on, you know, the, here's where we want here, here are the companies we want to work with. I mean, I'm going to throw people again, back to our last episode where we did talk about different kinds of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think we also talked about not always going after the really big companies, but some local smaller ones might be great prospects. Um, so we don't have to rehash that. So we have this list, right? This sort of inventory of like, what are the key things that we are offering or are leveraging is that fair
2: yeah exactly and and a a really external way of communicating that i think you know one of the dangers is that we are so comfortable in our organizations that we're really used to talking about our cause our event our audience everything about our our organizations in a very almost a shorthand in on one hand that's internal and in another way it's a super long hand because it's complicated and it's it's grounded in in the passion and the knowledge we have for our organizations and probably one of the most important things that I work on with with organizations is how can you simplify that so like so much it's painful right like it's painful it needs to be like you know, one sentence, three sentences, when, and, and people are like,
0: no, 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 I have to add in No, you don't. No, you take really out, don't. Take out.
1: <laughs> we just
0: actually did that with a client where even their, like, boilerplate, I stripped out half of it. I was like, none of this is relevant yeah. in this context. I Oh, that is so on point because we see that all the time. Do you have any, I know it's hard to share examples because of the confidential nature of the work, but, uh, do you have an example of a, maybe without naming an organization, but like of a before and after where it's like, here's how we would have talked about it. But after working with you and understanding that you need to to simplify and make it external facing, this is what it looked like after. Um, I think one of the
2: really good examples um, from my background, actually, was an organization not around anymore, but Street Kids International. And I, I go back to that because I think one of the things that happened there is when you're talking to program people, um, they actually want to talk about the, the nuance of a very complicated issue, yeah. which is, you know, young people who are homeless or um, are couch surfing or on the yeah. street. And it is a complicated issue. Absolutely. But the organization was called Street Kids international. And for that reason, the explanation of the organization should have included a one sentence related to, to street kids, right? And 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 we battled this discussion often. At the end of the day, the one line is the one line. And I always tell people, anybody who wanted to learn more would ask. Yeah, And then we could discuss the complexity. Yeah. And I think that's true of every issue mm-hmm. that every organization I've worked with. If you are with a person who is in the trenches on that issue, you happen to get a community investment person who is super passionate about this issue. They will ask you for more information. They will engage you in a conversation about the nuance of your issue. However, if you are talking to a marketing person who cares about one sentence, that person is not going to ask you more information and they're going to be satisfied with the one sentence. So, I think that the answer is always start with less mm-hmm. and you can add, but if the person is not interested in more than one sentence and you've given them four paragraphs, they've just deleted awesome. your email. Yeah, and it's I, gone.
0: And it kind of goes back to what you said earlier about understanding that area of focus. So when you are working and you're looking at corporate grants that are more from around uh, philanthropy and impact then you're more likely to come across uh, people who do have a deeper knowledge. But if you're asking for support for an event or for a cost marketing campaign or something like that, it's got to be snippy, right? It's got to be – it has to be authentic to the organization and your mission, but it has to be so simple and easy to comprehend.
2: Absolutely. And, and I mean it- – I agree that you are more likely to get in-depth conversations on the community grants side of things. At the same time, I would say, depending on what price point you're asking for being, you know, making it easy for them to say yes, if it's a smaller number, uh, also can help you even with, with those organizations, right? So, uh, again, like start, start, start simple, start with less and, and add for sure. I think is, is a great way. Uh, another thing too, uh, in terms of like what you need to have to get started, mm-hmm. it, you know, you have to go obviously beyond the, beyond the internal. And, and one of the things I talk a lot about is, this sort of scan of your stuff and making sure that this idea of being open to companies is visible to people. So one of the things that we talk a lot about is your website and your social media. To me, if you sent something in or you've left a call, what's the first thing? Like, what's the first thing you do when you get a call? I'm going to creep you. That's on great. Google. Yeah. <laughs> of course, right? You're going to Google you. You're going to check you out on Facebook or Twitter, yeah. and you know they're going to scan back a little bit, maybe they want to see companies, yeah. right? They want to see that other companies have sponsored you, have funded you in some way. Yeah. So, you know, to show that you're open for comp- corporate funding, you need to make sure that there is visibility in your, in your, in your marketing channels, in, on your website, in your social media, there's companies that show up there. You know, some people are like, oh, well, we don't have funders yet. You've got to find something.
0: Even like corporate volunteers or anyone who's right. been involved it's like this, we're so risk averse. It drives me crazy, but we're so risk averse. And as soon as we see, it's like proof of concept, right? As soon as we see other people who have committed, we're more likely to commit. And it's the same with the companies, right? They want, they want to know that someone else has tested the waters first
2: for sure and 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 it's also credibility test yeah. right like is this organization credible i don't if i don't want to do all my homework mm-hmm. and i see a company i know and trust yeah. i attribute that they've done their homework and therefore it's safe for me yeah. it is it whether uh,
0: or not that's true it's a yeah. different story
2: <laughs> that's another story right but yeah. so you want to you want to show that and you're right like corporate volunteerism if you have to a board director that's a senior senior leader can be profiled. It you know someone who's giving you in kind um value. I mean there's lots of different ways to find the first couple of stories that you tell or the first couple of companies that you show if you're just getting started. But you want to find some so that you can show that you're open to it before you start really going out there and asking for new people to come on board,
1: right? Stop the podcast. I just wanted to take a second to remind our listeners uh, who may not know that this podcast
0: is brought to you by The Good Partnership and Charity Village. So a lot of people don't know that both of our organizations are deeply committed to making sure that there are tons of great resources available to small nonprofits in our sector. And so I want you to take a minute to go and access some of those great free resources. For The Good Partnership, you can visit thegoodpartnership.com. And for charityvillage.com, there's so many webinars and, of course, the podcast, articles. The list is endless. And, of course, you can post jobs there, volunteer positions. Posting is free. So make sure that you are checking out both websites to deepen your learning and continue to access great free stuff. Great tips, Sadie now on the podcast and then so once you have that again i feel like that's um not necessarily inventory but it's you know the back end like how we putting the structures in place how to make sure but what do i guess what happens next so we have our focus we know what we're focusing our energy on Mm -hmm. whether it's an event or specific area of granting uh or partnerships what have you now we have a built up hopefully some, what looks like credibility. <laughs> um, what happens after that?
2: Well, and then you have to, I mean, I think, make the conscious step into building the the network, which is, you know, your corporate network. And this is really about starting from a place where you're just trying to meet and have conversations about what you have to offer with people at companies, you might be able to do that directly. Mm -hmm. So that might be about raising your visibility through where you're showing up, conferences you're showing up at, local events you're showing up at, or it may be looking at a real strategy around how you're going to leverage what I call your allies, right? Mm -hmm. The people that might be able to introduce you into these places where there's, there's corporate money. So, at that point you you know you've you've got your visibility uh, you've got you know a thing and some messaging and then it's about okay now let's start getting out there and talking to some people right
0: I love that because for so many reasons but that's doable if you're a small organization that's doable and we always 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 hear from people no one's heard of us well get out there and make sure they hear about you right yeah. talk to people yeah that's how it happens. And I I think that's so relevant. Can you give us some examples of, you know, you mentioned conferences, I'm thinking like local chambers of commerce, I used to go out and talk to I mean, it's not as relevant for corporate, but I used to talk to religious organizations for local, like for the areas we worked, Uh, literally just getting people to know your organization and your stories is, is how you build the brand. It absolutely is. It's also how
2: you practice the, the, the messaging, right? It's also how, so I, I sort of think if you're smaller and getting started, don't overthink where you're going, right? Don't overthink where you're going. Chamber of commerce, uh, a fundraising conference, uh, an event where there's other business leaders are showing up. I mean, there's what, like really whatever, Like just get out there and start talking to people. Uh, If you are at a stage where you want to be a little bit more strategic about it, I do look at, okay, back to the values question, where are there likely to be companies that most align with you? If you're an environmental organization, let's look for some Mm -hmm. conferences related to environment. If you're a women's organization, let's look at some places where women leaders are. Are you going to a women of influence luncheon or, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's the next stage be a little bit more strategic where you're more likely to find businesses that are aligned with what you do but again like don't spend a ton of time worrying about the minutiae of it go start talking to people tell them what you're looking for it's not at this point money it's a relationship with the company that that aligns that where you might have some kind of opportunity to offer them and at that point just try to do enough in those networking opportunities to be able to do a follow-up move. I always talk about this concept of micro moves, mm. right? What what's the move at at the networking event? The chance to talk to them again. Yeah. That's it. Book a meeting.
0: Yeah, right. with one client Actually, really recently, we were in talking to someone who was doing employee engagement, and it was very clear that they didn't have budget to support charities uh, in her department. So right away, we said, okay, that one of our outcomes was to get an introduction to another person in the company who did. Like, it doesn't have to be that like you you one shot and we're done. I mean, we still added a lot of value to that person who was around employee engagement. We created a great opportunity to work together, but we then were very clear, like what we want is another conversation with someone who, who hopefully does have some budget.
2: Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that story. I think that, That story does really connect very closely to this concept of moving the thinking from the idea is, oh, it's a business. How quickly can I just ask for money Mm -hmm. and get an answer to applying a more long term view of things that it is going to it could take quite a few different steps to get the real win at the end of this. And so what are some of the steps you take along the way this micro steps. So this idea, okay, if, if all I want to do at my networking event is have another conversation with some of the people there. And then when I have another conversation with some of the people there, all I want to do is find out where there might be yeah. a budget and then the next step is okay now i want to go have the conversation with that person about the budget and and start thinking about this in these kinds of steps versus a common story i hear which is like i met the person and i sent them a proposal
0: we don't want that to happen that's like a flat out almost always leads to no. It, or it
2: leads, yeah, it leads to either no, or it leads to this other horrible place, which is like, I've sent the proposal, now what?
0: Or I haven't heard back, uh, and it's right. been this long. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's like, well, it's really hard to recover from that, because yeah. you, you, it's like you started with the big thing. No, like, if you start with the little thing, a bunch of little things, then you have a ton of reasons to be in touch. Yeah. But if you start with the end game, it's very hard to then go, okay, well, now I'm going to start to steward you, and, and get to know you, and whatever, because I already sent you the whole package, yeah. right?
0: This is huge, huge. I, I say this with all parts of fundraising. I call it a path, like a path of mini yeses. You don't go in for a yes or no. You find the mini ones where you can get some success. And then from there, you know, you get another Yes. And when you get those mini no's, you just course correct. It doesn't shut down the whole conversation. I love that. I think that is such important advice. Listen up, people. It's so
2: good. It applies across, and it kind of goes back to where we started. The danger of kind of seeing corporate as this fast, last-minute thing. The fact of the matter is, if you're going to do this micro-step approach, which 100% is much more likely to get you what you're looking for, bigger dollars, it is going to take longer. So it, this idea that corporate is like the fast, short, quick win, it really isn't. Yeah. It is another another channel to revenue that requires like thoughtfulness over time. Yeah. And consistency over time. And I appreciate that that's not what everybody wants <laughs> to hear. But I say like, you could spend the same amount of time spread out over a longer period, get a better success rate yeah. than like a, sh- a, a big chunk of time at the last minute, and then you're not getting the success rate you were hoping for.
0: So we have our, our assets in place. And we have all of we've gone through this process of looking at You know, what are we focusing on? How do we signal to other to companies that we are good corporate partners by our social media and our website and showcasing other companies? And then we're out there networking and meeting people and, you know, really making connections that will hopefully uh, spark us to the next yes of getting meetings and, and getting in front of the right people. And we're open for business. That's it. That's Woo-hoo! it. It
2: and, totally is. and yeah. it and and it and it is a thing of momentum, right? Like once you start putting social signals out there that you're interested in and having conversations, it kind of grows on itself. I really I hear all the time. You know, I, I I tweeted about this or I tweeted about this company and they tweeted me back and or they replied or then when I saw them at a meeting, I I mentioned this thing. They were like, oh yeah, I saw you on Twitter. I think I know you. You know, yeah, yeah. and and then that feels good and so then you feel happier and more excited to make the call. Right? Yeah. It 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 feeds itself. It, it creates good you know good mojo around you, yeah. happy feelings around you. So be. Being open for business is really becomes a feeling. Mm -hmm. It becomes, uh, you know, it becomes more about who you are, how you define yourself as an organization. We're open to this. I'm open to this as the fundraiser there, and it creates a momentum that does translate into more success, hundred percent of the time.
0: And then that gives you again opens the doors for the continued work. Of you're on this moment, you have this momentum. You're on a roll. I mean, the work doesn't end there, certainly. But I think you framed it at the beginning, and we talked about this briefly, that you're setting yourself up for this long-term relationship building, right? These are the foundations that you can go out there and actually create meaningful connections. How do we nurture those connections over time so that it doesn't become that once a year that we mentioned yeah. uh, at, right off the top? Well, kind of just feeds together. It
2: really is. When you're thinking about um, your corporate prospects or partners, Mm -hmm. in both cases, this is a question of communicating with them on a regular basis. And every communication does not have to be huge. It doesn't have to be custom. Uh, I love the idea of leveraging what you're already doing with individuals, uh, the stories that you're already collecting, thinking about companies within your communication framework on a regular basis and using email, social media, all these different ways to just keep in front of various corporate prospects and partners that you have or showing appreciation to them all year round so that you are just nurturing these relationships all the time.
0: I think consistency is where we win, right? Like that is, in my experience, the more consistent we are, the more we see results and the more our results compound and we get better and better. So I think that consistency piece, it's hard to remember sometimes. And when you feel discouraged, which a lot of organizations do, it's easy to, to drop like let things drop and then you're not consistent. And what I think is so great about what we've talked about is we're setting ourselves up for this really positive engagement where we're more likely to stick with doing things because it feels good.
2: When we are regularly in touch and getting a lot of positive feedback, it it just makes the whole thing easier. The worst calls to make or the worst emails to send are when you haven't been in touch for a really long time. And you're like, oh, I should have I called. I should have written. I should have done this. I should have done that. And here I am. And I haven't. And now I like, paralyzed. you embarrassed. With, yeah, yeah, picking it up. And I mean, I do work with organizations that are in that boat. And we come up with a we, we try different things to bust through that fear, or that uncomfortable yeah. feeling. And we can come up with ideas like that. That's doable, yeah. too. But to avoid getting there.
0: Yeah, just don't even go better. There. Just yeah, don't go it's there. even better.
2: So awesome. it is. Yeah. And and remembering, you know, at the end of the day, I, I hear sometimes from my clients, you know, I, he- I hear you in my head, you know, when when I got your email, I, you know, it reminded me I had to do this. And so, you know, I do send out reminders pretty regularly to the people in my circle just to remind them, hey, just t- take the half hour this Friday, make a few calls, you know, like a few tweets, Don't make this massive and hard, just a few little actions and you will feel like corporate happiness is more around you, right? And so do that.
0: (laughs) I love that. Heather, on that note, uh, let's wrap up with, I know you have some resources available to our listeners. Where can they find those?
2: Yeah, so I mean, what we've been talking about today, like, are you open for business? We went through a lot of ideas. I have an assessment that will help you look at your organization and, and ask the questions, are you open for business? And, and figure out a couple of things that you could do to get a little bit more open if you're not already. So uh, you can come and see that at bridgerayscom slash open for business. You can download
0: that assessment and let me know how you do. Amazing. Um, Thank you again for being back on the podcast. I know we'll probably have another conversation in a year or so from now, but uh, it's always fun. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.